Hello, and welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Oda Public Library. I'm Emily Lenore. And I'm Victoria Horn. On this episode of Between the Stacks, book recommendations based on your Starbucks order, plus our segments V's versus Terminal Velocity Valentine, and Ask a Librarian. But first, some announcements. Our small book sale continues, currently located in the computer section. All books are free or by donation, and the selection changes periodically, so check back often for new titles. Virtual Storytime is back. Catch Miss Katie every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live for fun songs, stories, and rhymes. And we're introducing a short story contest because November is NaNoWriMo, a.k.a. National Novel Writing Month, in which participants set a goal of writing 50,000 words in November, which is about the length of a short novel. So we thought it would be a perfect time to introduce our short story contest. So we'll be accepting submissions from writers of all ages, with brackets for elementary school, junior high school, high school, and adults 18+. Submissions can be as short as 500 words, which is called flash fiction, and as lengthy as 10,000 words. Winners from each age bracket will receive chamber books and have their story read on a future podcast episode, so submissions should be family-friendly. Email your short stories to ask.odell.library at gmail.com with the subject line BTS Short Story Contest before February 1st. So... November books. We have the list. Victoria is the keeper of the list. Victoria, please tell us about some books that are coming this way this month. In adult nonfiction, we have titles based on several well-known figures. So we have Fauci, Expect the Unexpected, which is a compilation of interviews by National Geographic. We have Koki, A Life Well Lived by Stephen V. Roberts about the trailblazing female journalist Koki Roberts. And then we have Will by Will Smith and Rebel Homemaker by Drew Barrymore and one that I'm super excited to read, Frequently Asked Questions About the Universe by Jorge Cham and Daniel Weitz. And then in adult fiction, we have some heavy hitters some uh, regular authors yes the usual suspects we have mercy by david baldacci flying angels by danielle Steele, (laughs) game on by janet ivanovich fear no evil by friend of the podcast (laughs) mr patterson wish you were here by jody pickelt clive kessler's the devil sea by dirk kessler Tom Clancy, Chain of Command by Mark Cameron, The Becoming by Nora Roberts, and A Christmas Legacy by Anne Perry. One that I wanted to shout out because I read the description and immediately knew that this is what I'm going to be recommending my mother. Shout out, mother. Shout out my mom, (laughs) who's always listening to the podcast. So the book that I wanted to recommend her from the new November books is The Postmistress of Paris by Meg Waite Clayton, and I'll read the description. 
wealthy, beautiful Nene was born with a spirit of adventure. For her, learning to fly is freedom. When German takes, when German tanks roll across the border and into Paris, this woman with an adorable dog and a generous heart joins the resistance. Known as the postmistress because she delivers information to those in hiding, Nene uses her charms and skill to house the hunted and deliver them to safety. Photographer Edward Moss has escaped Germany with his young daughter, only to be interned in a French labor camp. His life collides with Nene's in this sweeping tale of romance and danger set in a world aflame with personal and political passion. Inspired by the real-life Chicago heiress Mary Jane Gold, who worked with American journalist Varian Fry to smuggle artists and intellectuals out of France, the postmistress of Paris is the haunting story of an indomitable woman whose strength, bravery, and love is a beacon of hope in a time of terror. Sounds so good. Okay. It's coffee time. Coffee o'clock. <laughs> sure. So today we thought it'd be a fun idea to suggest some books based on the coffee one might order at one certain coffee chain where they wear green aprons that I happen to work at. <laughs> because coffee and books seem to go together. So I guess I'm going first. One Come. of our more popular drinks, I would say, is the brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso. Mm. And so for this, I think it reminds me a lot of books that are kind of like classics with like a twist. So like your graphic novel adaptations or like modern spins on classic literature or books that just kind of revolve around the existence of like another classic book. So like one of those is the Jane Austen Society. So basically in the Jane Austen Society, it is by Natalie Jenner. 150 years ago, Chawton was the final home of Jane Austen, one of England's finest novelists. Now it's home to a few distant relatives and their diminishing estate. With the last bit of Austen's legacy threatened, a group of disparate individuals come together to preserve Jane Austen's home and her legacy. These people, a laborer, a young widow, the local doctor, and a movie star, among others, could not be more different, and yet they are united in their love for works and words of Austen. As each of them endures their own quiet struggle with loss and trauma, some from the recent war, others from more distant tragedies, they rallied together to create the Jane Austen Society. So... Yeah, so that's one of those where it just, like, revolves around the fact that she existed and wrote Big fans of Austin. Yes. Cool. So, what is your first coffee book recommendation? My first coffee book recommendation is for my brother's birthday because this podcast will air on his 30th birthday happy birthday spencer happy birthday Uh, so spencer wanted me to come up with a recommendation based on his coffee order which is the flat white which emily tells me is ristretto shots which is like a short super concentrated it's very concentrated espresso shots so it's not any more caffeine but it's just more flavor Yes. Because there's less water involved. Which makes a lot of sense 
because that's exactly Spencer's taste and in coffee. Typically, they also get an extra shot of espresso compared to like a regular latte. Yes, so... And they also have a nice white dot on the top if you're really good at latte art, which I am not. <laughs> oh, darn. I debated for a long time what book to recommend because I really wanted him to like it. <laughs> we'll see if he likes this book. So, to me, people who drink flat whites, in my opinion, celebrate coffee for coffee's sake. It's not disguised by any you know other flavors it's just the flavor of the coffee you know and to me this book is not just a page turner it's also a celebration of language just for its own sake that's my opinion <laughs> so my recommendation is called this is how you lose the time war by amal el motar and max gladstone so last month, our director Meredith lent this book to me because it's written by a uh, Canadian poet, Amal L. Motar, and Max Gladstone is an American fantasy author, so it's kind of like a mix of genres that I really enjoy, and I've never really read anything quite like it, but it quickly became literally one of my favorite books. So it's kind of hard to explain, and I didn't love the back cover synopsis so okay. i kind of wrote my own so red and blue are enemy agents engaged in a game of cat and mouse in the midst of a time war where every action up or down the strands of time has an implication for who and what happens next when blue sends red a taunting letter which obviously burns itself as she reads it following a victory in her favor red sends one back via boiling a liquid for blue to drink and thus begins a secret and inventive correspondence that grows and shifts with each alteration to history they make in an effort to win the time war. It's a love letter to poetry and language, a celebration of insanely creative sci-fi, and an ode to the kind of human connection that literally goes beyond time, space, and enemy action. I love it so much. Highly recommend. So for my next act... For my next magic trick, another popular drink, or I guess category of drinks, because it's like, it's 12 drinks in this category that you can come up with with the combinations of liquid. We have the refreshers. So we have fun flavors, like the mango dragon fruit, Ooh. the kiwi star fruit, mm. the strawberry acai, yeah. Or the newly reintroduced fairy berry hibiscus. Delicious, my fave. We have it back now. Everybody <laughs> rejoice. Yay! So these remind me all of like beachy and summery books. And so specifically I wanted to highlight one called Beach Read by author Emily Henry. I don't like romance books, but like this one is good. A romance writer who no longer believes in love and a literary writer stuck in a rut engaged in a summer-long challenge that may just upend everything they believe about happily ever afters. Augustus Everett is an acclaimed author of literary fiction. January Andrews writes best-selling romance. When she pens a happily ever after, he kills off his entire cast. They're polar opposites. In fact, the only thing they have in common is that for the next three months they're living in neighboring beach houses, broke and bogged down with wider's block. 
Until one hazy evening, one thing leads to another, and they strike a deal designed to force them out of their creative ruts. Augustus will spend the summer writing something happy, and January will pen the next great American novel. She'll take him on field trips worthy of any rom-com montage, and he'll take her to interview surviving members of a backwoods death cult, obviously. <laughs> Everyone will finish a book, and no one will fall in love. Really. Hmm. I don't believe that. That's that's the romance I get behind. <laughs> it sounds Where interesting. Everyone hates each other. <laughs> and we're like, all right, I'll do this stupid thing for you. <laughs> What's your next book here? Okay. Your next for coffee. my next one, my me- next coffee drink. My current coffee order is an iced vanilla latte with oat milk, half sweet, because otherwise it's way too sweet for me. So that just means there's half of the vanilla. Yes. Half of the syrup. So to me, this is like something that makes me happy every day, something I savor and enjoy. I'm very much a creature of habit, comfort-seeking person, so coffee is that for me sometimes so my i have two recommendations because i could not for the life of me choose between these two they both fulfill this category emergency contact by mary hk Choi, and aristotle and dante discover the secrets of the universe by benjamin alire signs these are both two of my favorite comfort books to reread when I've just read something heavy or if I'm feeling sad and I need something that will make me feel better. And they're both young adult fiction. It's chicken noodle soup in book form. Yes, absolutely. My mom's homemade chicken noodle soup in a book. Yes. (laughs) They're super easy to get through, but you also just like don't want to put them down. So I will read the synopsis for emergency contact. And I do want to put a trigger warning for sexual assault. It's brief, not graphic or anything, but it is in there just in case that's triggering for someone. So from the back cover, for Penny Lee, high school was a total non-event. Her friends were okay, her grades were fine, and while she'd somehow landed a boyfriend, they never managed to know much about each other. Now Penny is heading to college in Austin, Texas, to learn how to become a writer. It's 79 miles and a zillion light years away from everything she can't wait to leave behind. Sam's stuck. Literally, figuratively, emotionally, financially. He works at a cafe and sleeps there too, on a mattress on the floor of an empty storage room upstairs. He knows that this is the god-awful chapter of his life that will serve as an inspiration when he's a famous movie director. But right this second, the 17 bucks in his checking account and his dying laptop are really testing him. When Sam and Penny cross paths, it's less meet-cute and more a collision of unbearable awkwardness. Still, they swap numbers and stay in touch via text, and soon become digitally inseparable, sharing their deepest anxieties and secret dreams without the humiliating weirdness of having to, you know, see each other. So, it's such a good book. And then the other one is also sort of a coming-of-age story. So, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe which we will be getting the sequel in at Odell, which is super exciting. It's been a decade since the first book came out. So Aristotle and Dante dive into the waters of the world. We'll be 
here soon in our YA section. So the synopsis for that one is Dante can swim. Ari can't. Dante is articulate and self-assured. Ari has a hard time with words and suffers from self-doubt. Dante gets lost in poetry and art. Ari gets lost in thoughts of his older brother who is in prison. Dante is fair-skinned. Ari's features are much darker. It seems like that a boy like Dante, with his open and unique perspective on life, would be the last person to break down the walls that Ari has built around himself. But against all odds, when Ari and Dante meet, they develop a special bond that will teach them the most important truths of their lives and help define the people they want to be. But there are big hurdles in their way, and only by believing in each other and the power of their friendship can Ari and Dante emerge stronger on the other side. This book is so well done. There's so much nuance in it, in the way that Ari and Dante get to know each other and grapple with really big issues, as many teenagers do, and dealing with their identities. They're both Mexican. That plays a different role in each of their lives. And you get to see their bonds with their parents and how that influences the way they move through the world. So highly recommend. This is one of my most reread books. Probably my most read book. It's fantastic. What's your next one? Okay. (laughs) This is a category. First of all, this is a drink. And also a category that I'm tired of. Understandable. TikTok has a sort of influence on the world that is unmatched, really. Totally. And especially TikTok drinks are just another level (laughs) and so there's a drink that i've been making probably since like may and it is the iced white mocha with vanilla sweet cream cold foam and extra caramel drizzle and it's just a very sweet drink it's a lot of sweetness that's (laughs) (laughs) so much sugar sugar yeah it's a lot of sugar it's just a lot and it's not my jam, but since it's kind of like a popular, like, teen kind of drink, like, my my comparable book or book category would be popular teen romance, which is another category that I'm really not a fan of. <laughs> Were you ever, is this a new thing, or have you ever been into one? I've just, like, like never liked teen romance books. Okay. Like, they are just all... I mean, not all of them, but, like, a lot of them are very cringy. Yes. And very, like, unrealistic, I think. Oh, definitely. Because there is no way... I mean, like, I know in books you have to write about... You have to make things happen. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody really wants a book of my high school experience. (laughs) Because for half of it, I just sat at home and did homework by myself. Yeah, same. Because I was homeschooled. Oh, okay. I wasn't homeschooled, but... (laughs) But, I mean, still, like, your high school experience isn't really, like, ah, man... We were partying every single night, like, mm-hmm. all of the nights, and we had no repercussions as far as grades or, like, yeah, anything like that. And Or parents or, yeah, and media, totally. my parents totally. were, like, one, one-sided individuals <laughs> who were only there to, like, talk to me once throughout the whole four years. <laughs> yes. That was it. The media totally <laughs> romanticizes so, yes, high and school. Yes, especially when it comes to romance. 
involved in the young adult books some of it is just a little too far-fetched for my liking yes but like it has to be again for like the purpose of writing a book Uh, to all the boys i've loved before which is also turned into like a netflix mm -hmm, uh, series of movies yes and i think that is kind of like the perfect like kind of like the essence of what i'm trying to get at emily seal of approval it's it's that it is very popular popular book popular series which I would like to say we're not hating on these we're types not, of I'm books. I'm not hating no. it. I'm just like, this it's is... It's not your taste. It's just not me. But they are... I did read it all of those exist. books, I will say. It's out there if you like it. Yeah. I think there was even a clothing line based on the movies. Really? Yeah. At H&M, there was a clothing line of 12 Boys oh I Love Before, gosh. the movie, <laughs> like, based <laughs> on this book. So it's like a whole, like... That's pretty popular. Societal event. Yes. So, very popular. I think that's an accurate, yes. Just the essence of popular is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Sorry for all the TikTok creations you're having to learn. Sometimes I'll make something like two days in a row. And then I'll be like, wait, I think the TikTok is at it again. Oh, no. (laughs) Especially when it's like two separate people on two different days. Or, like, back-to-back even, and, like, they they don't know each other. Mm. Like, I'll be like, this is it. This is a new TikTok. (laughs) It's not that bad. I'm not trying to complain. But, like, I think it's just funny the way the internet has has got its influence on everything now. Yeah, it's super fascinating. What is your next drink book recommendation? My next book recommendation. I changed so many times because I could not decide whether I would go super literal or not. I decided not to. So, my go-to will change with the season, and as soon as it's available, I go for a piping hot peppermint. Piping hot. Piping hot. This thing needs to be... So hot. Like, double (laughs) steamed milk. Yes. (laughs) This thing has got to be like flame. Fire. Exactly. (laughs) Fire, because it is fire. Oh, that's hilarious. I've never heard that joke before in my life. (laughs) Yes, a peppermint mocha with oat milk, half sweet as always. So, if I, if it were full sweetness, then I would recommend any of the like cheesy Christmas novels in our Christmas section, which are great when you're in the mood for something just that you don't have to think about really too much. You can Christmasify anything. Yes, exactly. Anyway. So, my recommendation, instead of going for one of those fluffy holiday romances, which, instead of going for a fluffy romance novel, I just decided to go for something that is just cozy. This book is the epitome of cozy to me, because the holiday season is always a good time to read and reflect on stories that restore your faith in the general goodness of humanity. And that is something that I think we all need. <laughs> so I read The Chosen by Kaim Potok in college. It was my first year seminar and I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite books that I read in college. So if you haven't read it, highly recommend. It's a National Book Award finalist. So the back cover says, Here is the classic novel about the unlikely friendship that develops between two boys in 1940s Brooklyn. 
Reuven Malther is a secular Jew with an intellectual Zionist father. Danny Saunders is the brilliant son and rightful heir to a Hasidic Reb, which means rabbi. Together, they navigate the emotional terrain of adolescence and the demands of family, and a crisis of faith when stories of the Holocaust begin to emerge on the shores of America. The Chosen is a profound, deeply moving story of fathers and sons, and of the enduring power of love. And I really dislike World War II <laughs> books because I was a little bit traumatized when I learned about it in fifth grade. But this one, I really like the focus of just these boys who are sort of in different sects of the same religion, but they're dealing with the same tragedies that are happening to their people and dealing with their fathers. And it's just, it's super well done. Very poignant. Highly, highly recommend. So that's... My second to last. What's yours, Emily? Okay. So, for me personally, I like to think that my drink is like the antithesis of popular teen romance and TikTok. (laughs) So my drink is an iced quad mocha with blonde espresso. And it's strong. It's kind of bitter. Tastes like an espresso drink and not like candy. (laughs) And what is the opposite of popular teen romance? The elderly investigating a murder. (laughs) I present to you The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. In a peaceful retirement village, four unlikely friends meet weekly in the jigsaw room to discuss unsolved crimes. Together, they call themselves The Thursday Murder Club. When a local developer is found dead with a mysterious photograph left next to the body, The Thursday Murder Club suddenly find themselves in the middle of their first live case. As the bodies begin to pile up, can our unorthodox but brilliant gang catch the killer before it's too late? The sequel just came out, so I'm eagerly awaiting when that's delivered to the library on my hold. That sounds amazing. I want to read that one. It it is so good. (laughs) What's the sequel and the sequel is The Man Who Died Twice. And the first one is soon to be a major motion picture from oh. Steven Spielberg. Sweet. Victoria, what is your final coffee book combination recommendation? My For my final act, my final <laughs> I would like to recommend, based on just the single shot of espresso. And I disagree. <laughs> because I think if you're going to get just plain shots, you have to get like two or three minimum. Just Basically, getting, Emily just, wants me to have a heart attack. <laughs> I do not want you to have a heart attack. <laughs> okay. Two shots is same caffeine equivalent to like one cup of coffee. Oh, okay. So well. like if you're going to get one, you might as well get two. <laughs> okay. A shot of espresso is just a, you know, quick pick me up. Something to give you energy. Anyway, this book here is to me, this is the equivalent of like 10 shots of espresso oh that's like no like like you can have them in just a single shot of espresso and read one story or you can read many and okay yes that's a little better it's like like that's a lot of caffeine not at the same time don't don't take 10 (laughs) shots at the same time no all at once this book recommendation 
David Sedaris. Anything by David Sedaris, really. But in particular, Me Talk Pretty One Day. Which I will say, very satisfying when you figure out why it's called that. It's wonderful. So, it's one of many collections by American essayist David Sedaris. And my sister Savannah introduced me to David Sedaris many years ago. He read his short story, The Santaland Diaries, on This American Life, the NPR radio show, which is about his experience working as a Macy's Christmas elf. And we listen to it every single year because it is so funny. It's a tradition now. Wonderful. But I also love this collection in particular. There are many stories that I heard him read on that radio show. So I highly recommend. He's very sarcastic, just totally deadpan. It's best listened to because David Sedaris is just amazing when he's reading his own work. I love it. (laughs) So You can listen to any of his books on the Libby app, and you can find a lot of his books in our adult nonfiction section under Dewey Numbers 814.54 or 818.54. Actually, you'll find it pretty easy. Yeah, it's so good. All right. We hope that you're very caffeinated. Well, do we hope that? I don't know. (laughs) We hope you're the proper amount of caffeinated. Hopefully that you'll find these books are, like, perfect for your your caffeine book needs. Now it's time for our favorite poetry segment (laughs) and also our only poetry segment, (laughs) These Verses, hosted by Victoria. What do you have for us today? Today on... The second these verses. I realized I can't read copyright material on the podcast, unfortunately. This is, this is a family-friendly show. Yes. We are law-abiding citizens yes. and there are no crimes here. None. So we are abiding by this rule. So instead, I will just recommend a few poems for you and really encourage you to look them up and read or listen to them yourself. So as this podcast is coming out, like two weeks before Thanksgiving, I found a couple of poems kind of surrounding what Thanksgiving means in several different contexts. So these can all be found on the Poetry Foundation website, which is one of my favorite websites to just peruse for poems. You can find some really cool stuff on there. So I have three poems to recommend. First one, Perhaps the World Ends Here by Joy Harjo. Thanksgiving for Two by Marjorie Caesar. Super good. I love that one. And An American Poem by Eileen Miles. Love her so much. So I recommend those other people's poems. I really wish I could read other people's poems on here. I can read poems that were submitted if you give me permission. So if anyone would like to submit anything that they have written, that'd be cool. But until then, I'll just keep sharing my own stuff. (laughs) So the two poems of my own that I will share this week are ones that I have written. I wrote them earlier this year, kind of around the same time, but for different reasons. One is for a friend whose mom passed away last year. 
And then one is for my grandma when she was having a lot of health issues, but she is much better now. So no worries there. But good job. Yes. Good job, Grandma Ellie. So I thought that these would sort of give the vibe of Thanksgiving. I wrote them with a, a lot of love in my heart. So first one I've entitled The Only Way I Know How. And it's sort of based on a couple of phrases from the Pablo Neruda poem from his 100 Love Sonnets. It's Sonnet 17. So here's my sort of take on it. I can't promise I'll always say the right thing. You know my mouth is married to my foot. But I will promise I won't love you like an eyelash on my fingertip. Afraid I'll send you flying. You're more than what any breath blown can carry away on the wind and should be treated as such. My heart won't walk on tiptoe, avoiding the creaks in your stairs. You know the difference between compassion and cowardice. The way silence feels when it's listening and when it's just waiting to turn the lights out and go to sleep. I'm not afraid of your grief, only mine. Of the way a misplaced word might spring a leak and turn the tide of a good day. I will learn to ride your waves, because I love you the only way I know how. Rising to your dark and returning with a candle, my arms ever ready to shelter you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and then I meant to include this one earlier. My sister requested that I read this one. She said it's one of her favorites that she's read from me. So this one is for Grandma Ellie. Go if you must, and if you really must, go soft and sweet on ponies' feet. Go half asleep in your favorite saddle. Go dozing down dirt roads you took to school and back as a girl. Go knowing that pony will bring you home to mother and to father, to bath and to bed, to sleep and to dreams of seeing us again. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes, email me any of your submissions. You can use our email address, ask.odell.library at gmail.com. Or continue to just enjoy my own poetry, I guess. <laughs> That's cool, too. Sweet. Now it's time for Emily's segment. What is your segment called? Okay. We, we've had an upgrade. This is Terminal Velocity Valentine. Please explain. <laughs> well, instead of speed dating, which is just an overused term, <laughs> and I'm very original. And I'm very unique. And so we need to have my own. She's not like the other girls. <laughs> I'm not like the other girls. Terminal velocity, I guess, is a scientific term as for how fast an object can possibly go when it's moving through a fluid. So basically how fast you can move to the air or water to any fluid. How fast can you zoom? Like your, your max speed, your top speed is terminal velocity. And Valentine is obviously... A date. Love it. Or a person. Or I guess just a paper card you get in the mail. <laughs> that works too. Okay. Okay. So I have, with extreme care, curated books 
Victoria to read based on her answer to this question. And the question this time was, what is your dream vacation? Victoria, what is your answer to this question? Answer. I want to head into nature. Nature! Anything hiking, mountains, cold weather, like a quaint cabin or cottage. Let me live my cottagey mountain life dreams. Okay, cool. I would say our mystery. Mm. One is a romance. Okay. But it is a romance that I approve of. Emily stamp of approval. Okay. In the fact that it's not a popular teen romance. <laughs> and it is like a a premise that I think is a little more unique. And then one is nonfiction. Okay. So we have a range nice of options range. here for you. Nice. Okay, I'm ready. So the first one is The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. During the languid days of Christmas break, a group of 30-something friends from Oxford meet to welcome in the new year together, a tradition they began as students 10 years ago. For this vacation, they've chosen an idyllic and isolated estate in the Scottish Highlands. The perfect place to get away and unwind by themselves. The trip began innocently enough, admiring the stunning if foreboding scenery, champagne in front of a cackling fire, and reminiscences about the past. But after a decade, the weight of secret resentments has grown too heavy for the group's tenuous nostalgia to bear. Amid the boisterous revelry of New Year's Eve, the cord holding them together snaps. Now, on New Year's Day, one of them is dead, and another one of them did it. Actually, funnily enough, I was thinking of Britain or Ireland or Scotland when I said a camp well, cabin. Well, you're in. getting a... Well, <laughs> two of them are like Scotland. Ooh. One is Alaska. Even better. I do want to go to Alaska. One, Alaska. and then our last mystery novel. Once there were wolves. <gasps> Charlotte McConaughey. Inti Flynn arrives in Scotland with her twin sister Aggie to lead a team of biologists tasked with reintroducing 14 gray wolves in the remote highlands. She hopes to heal not only the dying landscape, but Aggie too, unmade by the terrible secrets that drove the sisters out of Alaska. Okay, this one also involves Alaska. (laughs) Inti is not the woman she once was either, changed by the harm she's witnessed, inflicted by humans on both the wild and each other. Yet as the wolves surprise everyone by thriving... Yay! Woohoo! Inti begins to let her guard down, even opening herself up to the possibility of love. But when a farmer is found dead, Inti knows where the town will lay blame. Unable to accept her wolves could be responsible, Inti makes a reckless decision to protect them. But if the wolves didn't make the kill, then who did? And what will Inti do when the man she is falling for seems to be the prime suspect? Mm, I love the wolves. I love... Scotland? Yes, Scotland. Okay. Good recommendation. So, book number four. The Tourist Attraction by Sarah Morgenthaler. This takes place in Alaska. He had a strict no-tourist policy until she broke all of his rules. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's a romantic comedy. We have to get that out of the way. 
<laughs> Graham Barnett named his diner the tourist trap. He meant it as a joke. Now, he stuck slinging reindeer dogs to an endless parade of resort visitors who couldn't interest him less. <laughs> Not even the sweet, enthusiastic tourist in the corner who blushes every time he looks her way. <laughs> Two weeks in Alaska isn't just the top item on Zoe Caldwell's bucket list. It's the whole bucket. <laughs> that was the part that really got me. When I was reading this description, I was like, this poor woman, she only wants one thing. It's to go to Alaska. And she's finally getting it. I'm so happy for her. <laughs> one look at the mountain town of Moose Springs and she's smitten. But when an act of kindness brings Zoe into Graham's world, she may just find there's more to the grumpy local than meets the eye and more to love in Moose Springs than just the Alaskan wilderness. And also, according to this um, description here, there is a rogue moose who threatens to steal every scene. And honestly, that is all I need. Yes. I need this moose to live his best life or okay. her best life. Literally, the TV show Northern Exposure is set in Alaska, and there's a moose that sometimes makes an appearance, and it's amazing. So Just the moose. I'm, yes. Well, all of them are amazing. <laughs> but I will be reading that now for that reason. This is Fuzz by Mary Roach. What's to be done about a jaywalking moose? Another moose. Woohoo! A bear caught breaking and entering. A murderous tree? 300 years ago, animals that broke the law would be assigned legal representation and put on trial. These days, as New York Times bestselling author Mary Roach discovers, the answers are best found not in jurisprudence but in science. The curious science of human-wildlife contact, a discipline at the crossroads of human behavior and wildlife biology. Roach tags along with animal attack forensics investigators, human-elephant conflict specialists, bear managers, and even danger-tree-faller blasters. Intrepid as ever, she travels from leopard-terrorized hamlets in the Indian Himalaya to St. Peter's Square in the early hours before the Pope arrives for Easter Mass, when vandal gulls swoop in to destroy the elaborate floral display. <laughs> She taste tests rat bait, learns how to install a vulture effigy, and gets mugged by a macaw. Combining little-known forensic science and conservation genetics with a motley cast of lazier scarecrows, langur impersonators, and trespassing squirrels, Roach reveals as much about humanity as about nature's lawbreakers. When it comes to problem wildlife, she finds humans are more often the problem and the solution. Really interesting. Nature, crime, moose... What more do you want? It's all it's all you need in life. <laughs> anyway, so that I'm, is... I'm going to say yes to all of these Valentines. Oh, that's great. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. I really I put all my love and care into curating this list for you. Thank you. Thank you. So, our final segment for this month is, as always, Ask a Librarian. So, we are a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving, so the question we always ask this time of year is, what are you thankful for? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I say nothing whatsoever. No. <laughs> nothing at all. There's nothing in this world that makes me happy. Oh, no. that This is awkward. This is a very bad time of year for me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm mainly joking. I know. <laughs> Thanksgiving. I I'm thankful for my family and for two jobs that I very much like going to. This podcast for my co-host, 
my wonderful co-host Victoria. Stop. <laughs> for my awful co-host Victoria. <laughs> That's more like it. <laughs> I guess for all my friends and for everybody else who works here and at my other coffee producing job. And I'm thankful for books. That's pretty mm. good. Thankful for NASA. I think that's like the list. It's a pretty comprehensive that's, that's list. basically the list. It's just like my entire life, really. No. I think that's about that's about it. Victoria, what are it. you thankful for? I mean, you covered a lot of what I was going to say. Victoria will now plagiarize my whole list. I will plagiarize. Friends, <laughs> of which you are one. Oh. Thankful for you. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> grateful for our adventures that we go on sometimes and I'm really really grateful that I got this job I've been working here since July and it is honestly the best thing that has ever happened to me in terms of career and you know work and being fulfilled in what you do so extremely grateful and a lot of that is down to the people that I work with so yay Woo-hoo! great people Great books, great patrons, you know, it's all good. Great podcast. So <laughs> I'm grateful for my family and that we were able to see each other more this year. And really grateful for coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even say coffee. Yeah. I said coffee producing job. Yeah. I did not say coffee itself. So Shout out to coffee. Coffee itself, coffee beans. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for existing. Thankful for cats. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's extremely missing in my life right now, but every cat, thank you. <laughs> of which I have three. Of which Emily has three, and they're adorable. Yes. And yeah, books. Books are great. I've read more this year, I think, than all of the last three years combined. Dang. So, very happy to be back in book world, so. That's just a Bandy. not a not a comprehensive list of what I'm grateful for, but that's some of the things that I'm grateful for. If you have a question for Ask Librarian, you can send us an email with a subject line between the stacks at ask.odell.library at gmail.com. And that is it for this episode. Tune in on December 13th for our next one. And until then, happy, happy reading. reading! Between the Stacks is written and hosted by Victoria Horn and Emily Lenore. Special thanks to the entire Odell Library staff, Library Board, and Friends of Odell. Thanks to all of our wonderful patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Yeah.